Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 28 Harmony Heisinger ran as fast as her legs could carry her. She was out much too late, nearly an hour past curfew, and her parents would be fuming when she got home. She had not properly charged her phone and it had died, so the alarm she had set for herself to wrap up her time with her friend Missy Myers had not gone off. Oh no, she said when she realized how late it was. Missy, text my mom and let her know I'm on my way home. She and Missy had been watching a movie in Missy's room. I was supposed to be home already. With all the craziness that's going on in this stupid town, my parents are all worried. I'm surprised they haven't been calling or texting you already. Missy grabbed her phone as Harmony got up from the giant pink bing bag she'd been sitting in. Gotcha. I'll text your mom right now. It's, it's really dark out. Do you want my mom to drive you home? Harmony stopped and turned as she reached the door leading into the hallway. Really, Missy? she asked. I'm 13 years old now, and I'm a brown belt in my karate class. I can take care of myself. Besides, I only live two blocks over. I'll be okay. Missy looked skeptical. Okay, Miss Karate, she said. But please, let me know when you get home. I will, Harmony said as she raced down the hallway. Good night, Mrs. Myers, she called out over her shoulder when she stepped onto the front porch. She raced down the stairs and set off running as fast as she could to get home. She loved to run. In addition to her karate class, she ran two miles a day every day. 
The neighborhood she ran through was filled with craftsmen and bungalow homes that were pushing a hundred years old. They had all been lovingly maintained, each surrounded by picket fences and flower gardens. She ran down a sidewalk that was lined with live oaks with long, gnarled limbs that reached out over the street. The sidewalk was lined with decorative street lamps that cast yellow cones of light. She made it to the intersection of Willow and Salem. She took a ride onto Salem and stopped dead in her tracks. Just ahead, about forty yards away, in the shadows beyond the next pool of yellow light, something big was moving. Too big to be a dog, she thought. It could be a bear. We are in South Georgia next to a national forest. She bent over, hands on her knees, using the moment to not only be cautious, but to catch her breath in case she had to try to outrun a bear. She was not afraid, only cautiously curious. She did not move, did not dare make a sound, in hopes that the bear, or whatever it was, would just mosey on its way. She squinted beyond the lamplight, trying to get a better idea of what the animal was, when she began to feel light-headed and a bit confused. She felt as if someone were whispering inside her head, distracting her, disorienting her. She shook her head to clear her mind, but it didn't help. She felt herself straighten up as if she were being commanded to do so. She became very afraid, tried to turn and run, but could not. She was somehow physically compelled to stand and watch the thing in the shadows. Slowly, the thing that she had thought was a bear began moving toward her. Gradually, a gnarled hand with abnormally long fingers reached into the pool of lamplight. The sharp nails scraped on the sidewalk. Another twisted hand reached out into the light as the thing crept slowly out of the shadows. It resembled a man only in the most general sense. The torso was abnormally long with cancerous protrusions. The arms jointed in the wrong places. The legs and feet seemed more like they belonged to an insect only covered with human flesh. Its head was oblong and covered with patches of thick, oily hair. Its eye sockets seemed empty of any ocular organs, yet something hellish glimmered from deep inside them. It stopped in the sick yellow glow of the streetlight. Its head swayed side to side, and from the shadows behind it shambled two small children, as if they were in some sort of deep trance. 
They stopped, one on each side of the crawling thing, and stared at Harmony. Their faces, while clearly illuminated by the streetlight, seemed dark, menacing. Harmony realized that both the children had completely black eyes and wore wide, psychotic smiles. This is the crawling man, she thought as she tried to ignore his whispering. She could hear it inside her head. She wanted to run, wanted to scream, wanted to do anything to get away from this monster that was slowly making its way toward her. As it got closer, the whispering in her head became louder. Shall I eat you now, or shall I eat you later? The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 29 Grace sobbed into her pillow, not fully understanding what it was that made her so overwhelmingly sad. In part, she was crying because she just wanted all this madness to go away. After a while, she regained control of herself and realized that what broke her heart the most at this very moment was the fact that she had left that wonderful, mysterious garden with the whispering tree and the butterfly flowers. She sat up in bed, grabbed some tissues from her nightstand drawer, and pondered that amazing dream and the iridescent feather. She wiped her eyes, then reached out and touched her softly glowing toes. A faint hint of harmonizing vibrations tingled her fingers. She watched as the glow began to fade, slowly at first, then more rapidly, leaving her skin normal and plain. She touched a feather, which she had placed beside her pillow, she had rationalized that she had somehow taken the oikos patch from Ian's hoodie when she helped staunch the blood that had been seeping from his chest, and that afterward, due to the stress, had forgotten about it. However, tonight, she had again brought something from a dream into reality. This should be impossible. Holding the beautiful feather in her hand, she could no longer rationalize. She had not been dreaming. She had been physically transported to the nightmare school where Justin, in his crying clown makeup, had killed everyone in the lunchroom. The undead things that chased her had been real. And just moments ago, she had physically visited the luminescent garden. As impossible as this sounded, as difficult as it was to understand, there was no other explanation. What was happening to her was supernatural. Sarah was obviously more than she seemed, and she clearly seemed to not be a threat. In fact, while they were in the garden together, Grace had come to feel at peace with Sarah and compelled to trust her. 
She had to trust that Sarah was not a threat. This brought her back to the question of, what did it all mean? Sarah specifically told her in the dream that someone evil wanted to hurt her. She played the events of the past couple of days in her mind, searching for understanding. Ari had saved her life and others. Nephi had assisted him in this, so she ruled them out. Nor could the threat come from Ian, for he had taken a bullet to the chest to stop Justin from creating a higher body count. But there was no doubt that someone harbored her ill will. The fact that Justin's diary implicated her in his would-be murderous rampage was enough to make that clear. But who was it? And how did these dreams play into it all? I am so over this, she thought, her heart sinking. I'm afraid of what will happen next. <laughs>